Welcome to Doxology Matters. We're so thankful that you have joined us yet again on this podcast. Today uh, we're going to be talking about an attribute of God that He is self-existent. And I have my good friend Jeff Mingy back on the podcast who is uh, no stranger to the Doxology Matters podcast. And so we're we're super pumped to have him there. Uh, we thank you guys for listening so faithfully Um and we appreciate prayers um, from you guys that um, we would have the the bandwidth to continue to to uh, grant you, give you uh, rich biblical content um, each week. So our hope is to have a weekly uh, episode for you to listen and be encouraged with. But Jeff, it's good to have you back, man. Well, Keith, it is great to be back. It has been uh, too long. Always glad to hang out with you and spend some time thinking about uh, the, the greatest thing to think about. Yeah, amen. Amen. So, uh, just kick off with a good question here. Does God have an origin, and uh, what scriptures come to mind to support your answer? Well, the short answer is no. Right? God does not have an origin. He has no beginning point, no starting point. There was never a time when God was not. That's the nature of an origin, is that it has a starting point. So, no, God does not have a starting point. He always has been. Uh, so what scriptures come to mind to, when I think about this? Well, the first scripture is Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. R.C. Sproul pointed out, theologian R.C. Sproul pointed out that this is the most controversial verse in the Bible. All of our other doctrines flow from this spring. In fact, uh, Sproul would go on to talk about the self-existence of God the word that theologians use is aseity, A-S-E-I-T-Y, aseity, which is, comes from the Latin for uh, from self. It means he doesn't come from anything else. And Sproul pointed out that when he sees this word, he gets chills down his spine because in this word is the full glory of what makes God, God. He, he does not have an origin. We, we can never exhaust him. If we were to study him for the rest of our lives, and, and, and we pray that we will, uh, we would not even come close to exhausting the nature and the character and the goodness and the beauty of God. So does God have an origin? No. And I think of that in terms of Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. I think of that in terms of Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 10 when he says, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. We don't, we don't do things for our own glory. We do them for the glory of God. Why? Because he's God, without beginning, without origin, um, and inexhaustible. That's excellent. Why do you think we have trouble understanding the origin of God? Is it because of our, simply our finite minds that we can't grasp that God has no beginning and no end? I think that is certainly part of it. Uh, our um, our uh, human faculties do not have heavenly capacities. Right, we we are, we can't wrap our minds around these things. Yeah, yeah. Jeff mentioned R.C. Sproul, uh, who recently passed away, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. He did. Uh, reformed thinker, uh, amazing theologian, great teacher. Uh, he has written, I don't know, numerous, many, many, many books, and uh, I think his main book that he said the, the attribute that he loves. Talking about the most and writing about the most is the holiness of God. Yeah, his book, the whole titled "The Holiness of God," is well worth reading. Uh, yeah. Great, great book to help you meditate on 
uh, the character of God. I just recently saw um, somebody wrote a book on the uh, life of R.C. Sproul. Did you see where that yeah, came Yeah, biography. Out? Just finished reading it. It's a phenomenal book. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. Very yeah. encouraging. You get to walk with him from uh, um, his beginning in Pittsburgh all through um, yep, the begin- founding of Ligonier, which was a, a ministry he began. So, Is that a Crossway book? Or? I have no idea. Okay. Who wrote that? Do you remember? Stephen Nichols who is the president of Reformation Bible College, uh, which is a school that Dr. Sproul helped found. Is he involved with Ligonier, Stephen Nichols? I don't know. I would imagine he'd have some association writing the biography of R.C. Sproul. Yep, probably. Yeah, well, uh, as you know, in this podcast, we we care about books because books help us learn and think, expand our view of who God is. So does God have an origin? No, simply answer, no. No. Um, how are we different from God in this way? Well, we do have an origin. We have a beginning point, a conception point. We there was a time when Jeff Mingi was not. Right? There was a time when when uh, listener you were not, and so we are different from God in this way. And this is the creator creature distinction. God is the creator. Everything else is part of the created, Um, and so we are creatures. And where we get ourselves into trouble, and uh, this is what we read about in Romans 1, is when we get those categories mixed up, and we treat ourselves as though we were the creator, and we worship ourselves, and we worship other uh, parts of creation rather than worshiping the Creator, And that's exactly what Paul addresses in Romans chapter 1, where he points out that uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 25, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So Paul, at the beginning of Romans, draws out this distinction of created and creator. And we are, we need to, we do well to remember that we are part of the created. We are guests in God's world, not vice versa. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, A.W. Tozer, in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, who we will reference through our um, series on the attributes of God, mentions that man would like to essentially take God off the throne and put himself up there on the throne. He does. That, yeah. That's how. What a high view, uh, shamelessly, that man thinks of himself. Yeah, absolutely. He points out we are sitting on a stolen throne. Huh. Wow. Um, how are we able to understand um, our created God? Uncreated God, sorry. How are we able to understand our uncreated Well, namely through revelation, his self-revelation. The fact that God is self-revelatory or that he makes himself known, that's how we know him. He's done that through nature and general revelation. Okay, I was going to ask you about that, general and special. Special, yep, or the scriptures. So we know God by looking at the world in which we live, but we know him more clearly by looking at the word which he has given. So we understand our uncreated God as he has revealed himself. And as we think deeply about these things, which is why uh, a podcast like this matters so much. And I think it's important for us to recognize that he exceeds our understanding. Uh, Not that we can have no understanding of him. It's not that we are unable of understanding or unable of understanding anything about him, but rather we cannot expect to understand him fully. Yeah. So he, he, we can have knowledge of him. I, I don't buy into agnosticism, which is that you can never know 
anything about God. I'm No, because God has made himself known. But I also don't buy into the concept that you can know everything about God. Right. We can know sufficiently because he's given us the scriptures. Yeah, Tozer mentioned in his book that um, just like the sun or the moon, like they're attributes of God that we're not even aware of that he has. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that blew my mind thinking about that. Like, yeah. I know I have a finite mind, but I'm like, okay, I've got these categories of communicable, non-communicable attributes. Like, okay, those are it. But no, Mm-mm. that's not it. <laughs> and how easy is it for us to think that we have somehow exhausted God? Now, we would never say it that way, but you're right. We're, we're shocked at the thought that there are attributes of God that we don't know and we won't know yeah. until we see him face to face. Yeah. Makes me bow down and worship how great he is. Rightly like, so. Man. Um, how does an understanding of God help us to know what and who we are? Well, Tozer points out that we only know ourselves in light of um, who God is, his words. We can never know who or what we are till we know at least something of what God is. That's what he writes in his book. Uh, So I, I think about John 17, verse 3, where Jesus says, This is eternal life, that you would know the one true God and know Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So an understanding of God is at the heartbeat of our eternal life. We're not simply saved to be in heaven. We're saved into a uh, familial relationship with God. We are adopted into his family, not merely so that we can live in the house, but so that we can know the Father. So an understanding of God helps us to know uh, what and who we are. We think more rightly about ourselves when we think rightly about God. And it's similar to, I think, the, the orbit of the planets. We can never be rightly in orbit until we know the God around whom we're meant to uh, live and breathe and have our being. Yeah, would you say um, a text, a reference text would be Psalm 139, that he knows us, he made us, uh, he cares for us. Absolutely. Psalm 139 is a phenomenal psalm to meditate on in regards to this self-existence of God. We, just what you pointed out, and then he, he goes on to talk about the omnipresence of God. Yep. Where shall I go from your spirit? Um, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I think a lot of folks pastorally I see struggle with that to remember those truths that we are fearfully and wonderfully made that we are made in the image of God. He created us. He has something for us to do for his own glory. He is with us everywhere we go. I mean, Scripture says even to, down to Sheol, yeah. behold, I'm there as well. Yeah, and it's it's. I can find in my own heart and mind a tendency to think about God, um, but I have to drive deeper to make sure that I don't stop at thinking about him. Yeah. But go to the point of loving him and adoring him and worshiping him. That's why I appreciate the fact that you call this podcast Doxology Matters. It's not simply Theology Matters, though Theology does matter. It is that Doxology, the act of worship, matters. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well said. 
man, I mean, theology, I have a heart for theology, but it's the next step in that, that you know God and you praise Him because of what you see. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, poignant that in uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, arguably the most theologically dense book in the Bible, um, there are a number of times where Paul almost just puts the pen down and says, let me worship God. Yeah. For, and, and, and a couple of verses of just ascribing glory to Him. Well, we do right when our theology leads us to doxology. Amen. I thought about Romans 11, mm-hmm. of the depths and the riches. Uh, uh, that's a beautiful scripture there. Um, wonderful combo, Jeff. Wonderful, man. Uh, what are some marks of God's image in man? So we have this self-existent God. From eternity past, God has always created. And in his pleasure, he created mankind. And he did so in his image. So we do well to think about, okay, what does it mean that humans are made in the image of God in the way that um, dogs are not, right? Cats definitely are not. Uh, trees are not. Okay, so what, is, what does that look like? Well, Scripture does very little to define the image of God. There's, there's no passage that says this is what that means. Yep, you're um, right. But it also makes it unavoidably clear that it is. In other words, you will never meet a hu- human being who is not made in the image of God. There is no such person. And so theologians have uh, suggested that uh, our morality comes from uh, being in, made in the image of God, that we have a sense of right and wrong. Uh, other theologians have pointed out that perhaps our creativity is an evidence of the uh, image of God. We are we are creative beings in the same way that God is a creative being. So would you say that the first one, uh, I thought about C.S. Lewis as mere Christianity. Uh, yeah. Have a sense of right and wrong, good and evil. Yeah. yeah. How, do you, how do you know what is right and wrong unless there is somewhere an objectively good point? Yeah. Uh, yep, that's, that's Lewis's point. I think at the heart of the matter, though, is when we think about um, the marks of, the, of God's image in, in man, it's, it's that we are meant and made to reflect his glory, not our own, right? We, we are meant to display to the world not the goodness of ourselves, but the goodness of the God in whose image we have been made. And man can, can uh, devote his life to pursue an opposite that objective. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's and a, we naturally do. Yeah, we naturally do because of the sin that, that, uh, that we received and... I don't know if received is the right word, but because... Inherited. Inherited, yeah. 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 Well, and I think that's one of the reasons that the weekly corporate gathering is so important. We are reminded in that moment that God is God and we are not. And uh, we gather together as a created people to worship our uncreated God. That's what I love about the call to worship, the beginning of corporate worship, is like it's it's almost like a, a jolt to the worshiper, hey... This is who God is. We're going to ascribe his worth. We've gathered together to know the one true living God and yeah. to be unashamed in our adoration of him, that the, the scripture reading is bold and full of faith and the songs are big, rich in truth, just to take our eyes off of ourselves and our circumstances and to look to God. Absolutely, absolutely. And after a week of looking everywhere else, I so desperately need that reminder. Yeah, we all do. We absolutely all do. Yeah. Um, what do you? What's your reaction to? Um, we quoted Tozer 
Um, Tozer's quote, The natural man is a sinner because and only because he challenges God's selfhood in relation to his own. And we've touched about that. We did. Tozer explains that sin in its concentrated essence is for us as humans to declare, I am from our own throne. We, we know that God says, I am who I am, or I am that I am. Well, Tozer says, okay. That's that, Exodus. That's Exodus. Tozer says, yes. And, and sin uh, is uh, sort of to, de- to sit on our own throne and to say, I am, as though the world should look at us. Tozer points out that we are sitting on a stolen throne when we cherish our own glory. You mentioned this passage earlier, uh, but Romans chapter 11, there at the end, as he writes these words in Romans 11 verses 33 uh, to 36, he says, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor, who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever amen and so yeah sin is the um is in essence i think tozer saying okay that's great but everybody look at me <laughs> right yeah. why would why yeah, would on, we yeah. even for a moment want people to look at us when we can be arrows pointing them to god amen amen um, so easier said than done, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly find myself loving the glory, loving the spotlight, um, and needing to be reminded that, no, 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 the throne is not mine, and that is good news. Yeah, amen. There's a song, it's called the Romans Doxology, it's beautiful. I learned when I was at Southern Seminary by the late Professor uh, Chip Stam. Uh, it's really great. We need to sing that at Bethel. I'm thinking about some other scriptures about God's glory. We're, that's just kind of bubbling up in this episode. Psalm 115, 1, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be all the glory. Think of uh, 1 Corinthians ten thirty one, Whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Um, was the Westminster Catechism? What is the chief end of man to glorify God and enjoy Him forever? Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know God is the very best thing. He is jealous for His um, His own name, and sometimes people are like, "Why is He jealous? Is that good?" Well, He's the very best, right? So if He was not, then there would be somebody else outside yep. of Him, and that's yeah. not true. Right, right. And, and God is not—I don't think this means that God is threatened by our celebrating each other or uh, thanking Him for the good gifts which He gives us, right? He, he's not threatened by those things, but if we stop with those things, that's where we go wrong. Um, so, yes, express your gratitude and celebrate your team members, for example, but in doing so, make sure that at the end of the day— they know that you see them as a gift from God. Yeah. When I encourage people, which I uh, seek to do frequently, to remind them that it's 
evidences of God's grace I see in them and yeah. not something that is of their own doing because Absolutely. everything that we have is that is good is from God. We read that in James chapter one. Yeah. We took some time uh, at our last Sunday service and we put blank note cards in every seat with a pen on it. And I encourage people to write down two or three evidences of grace that they see at Catalyst Church, just evidences of God's work. And it was so encouraging to read that list after the service. So if you're a listener, if, if you go to a local church and I hope you do, I would encourage you grab a blank note card, write down two or three evidences of grace that you see at your local church and then give them to your pastor um, and do that every week. It's a, a simple practice to celebrate what God is doing. Yeah, I saw your post about that. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, listener, uh, if you want to really be encouraged with some thought-provoking uh, questions and statements and scripture exhortations, follow. give Jeff a follow on social media, uh, Facebook. and Are you on Instagram? I am on Instagram and Twitter, but not nearly. As, Facebook is really where Facebook, I yeah, yeah. put most of my thoughts. Yeah. Jeff Mingy Catalyst Church. Uh, any other additional thoughts you'd have on this that maybe we haven't covered? I think this is a foundational doctrine. The self-existence of God, the aseity of God, I think we do well to meditate on the person of God and, and his nature and his attributes. So, um, you know, let, let me applaud you uh, and the podcast listeners for diving into these deep things. And um, I, I hope that all of my thoughts about God lead me to worship him. And the simple reminder that as much as I think I know, I've barely dipped my toes into the ocean. And so I... Um, I'm delighted to know him and look forward to knowing him even more. Amen. We are working on Tuesday nights, uh, going through this with a group called Doxology Devotions, and we're going through Tozer's book. And all those uh, dear ones on there have been reading and thinking and asking questions, and it's been very profitable. And I think we've all come away with the God that we thought we knew, the God of the Bible, is way too small. Um, if you would like to be on that Zoom call with us, kick me an email at kmcmin, uh, that's K-M-C-M-I-N-N at bbcyorktown.org, and I'll kick you the Zoom uh, link for that. Any books you might recommend for this? Um, Sproul's The Holiness of God is certainly one. J.I. Packer's Knowing God uh, is another helpful one. I think is Southern Baptist, the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. It's a wonderful little document that'll help you think more clearly about these things. Um, uh, so those those are a few resources that I would encourage our listeners to. Sproul's book, The Holiness of God, J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God, and The Baptist Faith and Message 2000. Oh, uh, yeah, great. I love you. Appreciate you. You mentioned the Baptist Faith and Message as well. I just ordered a book on the attributes of God by, uh, as a Crossway book, uh, I Trust Crossway. Uh, so I'm looking forward to diving into that. I was looking to see who wrote that book, but I don't see it right off the top of my head. I know, uh, I think A.W. Pink. Oh, yeah, Pink wrote a book, yep. Uh, it's, uh, that's, um, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, I am not as familiar with his as, as yeah. I am uh, Sproul's and, um, and Packer's. One other simple resource is to find a book of the Bible that you want to know, particularly the Psalms, perhaps, yeah. and buy a little commentary that will help you think well about the Psalms. For the Psalms, uh, Derek Kidner has a, a two-part little black um, book that will walk you through um, and as you walk through the Psalms in the Bible, you'll find these attributes of God. Yep, absolutely true. Yeah, the Psalms is like, it's almost like a, a personal devotional 
from the psalmist, we get to kind of look in and see, but then we see the grandeur of God as he ascribes God's worth and talks about his attributes. It's really great. Um, good setup for that. We, our doxology collective, have been working on writing uh, songs for a, for a record, and so far we have eight that have made the Nashville list, and uh, the album will start with the, like, uh, I'm trying to remember the first psalm, but we're going to, the album will start with the beginning of the psalms and go all the way to the end for the ones that, that made the cut. Our writers here that have grown out of the collective uh, have, we went on a writing retreat, divided them into the squads, and they have been writing songs, both as groups and individuals, and the content and the songs have just been great. Now, we have gone through tons of revisions, like we all meet as a collective, and everybody weighs into those thoughts, and the songs have gotten better. We sent it out to a panel. But yeah, I think our spiritual worship of our spiritual life has really increased as we've meditated on who God is through this experience. So that uh, record, Lord willing, will be out this fall. Yeah. Any songs that uh, come to mind? Uh, this is a... Uh, Doxology podcast. It is. It is. Uh, there are a number of songs. Um, Behold Our God is one I know you're familiar with. That's a, uh, That helps me meditate uh, on the person of God. Um, he is Our God. It's another one that has been uh, helpful. Yeah. Reaching into the hymns. I'm, I'm a big fan of Holy, Holy, Holy. It's a Trinitarian that, uh, Singing uh, through hymn. that attribute. And, um, yeah, th- those are, yep. those are yep. a few. And... Um, yeah, th- those are those are yeah. a few. Uh, you mentioned uh, have, uh, He is our God and Behold Our God, the Sovereign Grace music there. You can go to sovereigngracemusic.org. And uh, matter of fact, on if you go to my social media, Keith McMahon, you'll see uh, just um, Sovereign Grace was kind enough to publish a uh, latest arrangement of Behold Our God that they did. They recorded it with Shiloh Baptist Church in Jacksonville with H.B. Charles's church. It's a new, fresh arrangement. It's got some substitute chords in there. That's really, uh, really a dynamic arrangement. So we use it here at Bethel, and I wrote choir parts, piano part, orchestration. So you can go. I think the orchestration sales were like twenty-five bucks, but you can go on that site and find it. He is our God. It's a good song. We use that at Bethel. We use both of those at Bethel. Yeah, really great. Well, Jeff, thank you for being here, and listener, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I would just exhort you to read and know the God of the Bible. Uh, you will not walk away and not uh, not be richly encouraged and your view of God expanded. Thanks for listening.